Hello, this is RNHA News Radio. I'm Robert Cross. Please welcome tonight's guest, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko from the great state of Arizona. It's great to be with you and uh, with your listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what motivated you to get into politics? Sure, it was really unexpected. I never really dreamt in a million years that I would be a U.S. Congresswoman. I left an abusive husband about 30 years ago, and I had a little daughter. I was a single mom, and there was times where I had no money, no place to live. And going from that to serving in the United States Congress, being selected by President Trump as one of eight U.S. Congress members to serve on his impeachment defense team, and flying with the President of the United States on Air Force One, I have come a long, long way. And I didn't really plan on it. I just started out um, getting involved in my kids' schools, uh, then in the city that I lived in. Uh, then one thing led to another. I was a volunteer with the Republican Party. I uh, helped register voters. Uh, and before you know it, there was an opening in the Arizona House of Representatives. I ran and won. Uh, and then there was an opening in the Arizona Senate. I ran and won. And then all of a sudden, there was an opening in the U.S. House of Representatives and a number of people uh, contacted me and encouraged me to run. And so I had to beat 11 other men in the Republican special election in 2018. Uh, and then I had to beat another uh, a Democrat woman. I had four elections in one year in 2018. It was a heck of a ride, but I came out ahead and here I am. God is good. God is good. What are Republicans in the House of Representatives doing to boost the economy during COVID-19? Republicans are very, very supportive of small business owners and entrepreneurs. And that's why we consistently vote to keep taxes low on business owners and individuals and also keep government regulation and red tape low because it's really hard to open up your own business. And so if the federal government is going to add all kinds of regulations on top of you uh, and all kinds of fees, it really makes it hard. So Republicans believe in less government mandates, less government regulations. We want to keep people safe, but we don't want to go overboard. We also believe in less taxes. I honestly believe that people can make a decision on how to spend their money better than the U.S. government can. So everyone works hard to make money. And if they're a small business owner, they usually work day and night and put in everything they have to start that business. And they should not be taxed to death. And so President Trump and the Republicans have cut taxes on small business owners and individuals, which has grown the economy. We had the greatest economy going under President Trump and Republicans until COVID hit. And I am totally convinced that President Trump is the only candidate that can get our economy back going again. Now, we were talking earlier about some of the measures that you guys have pushed through Congress, like the PPT program. And like you were saying, lowering taxes on small businesses. 
Can you go a, a little bit into detail about the struggle it was for you as a congresswoman to get some of this legislation out through Congress and sort of the opposition that you've been facing? Yeah, I, the Hispanics I know are very hardworking people and a lot of entrepreneurs. So this is a subject that I think is very important to the Hispanic community, and that is helping people get in to owning their own company and being self-employed and, and working and building an economy, building their own business. And so when we talk about lowering taxes, Republicans and President Trump pushed that through. We wanted to lower taxes on not only individuals, but also on small business owners, because we knew that if people had more money in their pocket, they'd be able to invest more. They'd be able to hire more workers. Now, the Democrats are totally opposed to this. And if you listen to Joe Biden in his plan, one of the first things he wants to do is undo the tax cuts that President Trump and the Republicans did when they were in the majority. Now, right now, Speaker Pelosi is in charge of the U.S. House of Representatives. That means Democrats are in charge, meaning there's more Democrat Congress members than Republican Congress members. So they set the agenda. They will not let any Republican legislation that lowers taxes or lowers government regulation get through or get heard. In fact, they have passed, the Democrats have passed in the U.S. House of Representatives tax increases and more government regulations on small businesses. Fortunately, it gets stopped in the U.S. Senate where it's Republican control. I would say, and I think you would probably agree with me, that every Republican needs to go out and vote. We need the House back. Most definitely. Right now, it's absolutely miserable serving in the U.S. House of Representatives because Nancy Pelosi and the radical Democrats are in charge. And most people don't really understand how this works. Most people say, well, I want to vote for the person, you know, whether they're Republican or Democrat. But I have to uh, tell your audience that it's all about the math. And so what I mean by that is if you have more Democrats that are elected in the U.S. House of Representatives, as they are now, than Republicans, that means the Speaker of the House is Democrat, Nancy Pelosi is a Democrat, all of the chairmen of all of the committees are Democrats, and they're the ones that decide which pieces of legislation are heard in committee and which ones aren't. So if Democrats are in charge, they're not going to pass anything that has to do with cutting taxes. They won't even hear the bill. They won't pass anything that has to do with helping small businesses with lower regulations. In fact, they will pass Democrat bills that do the opposite, that hurt small businesses and tax them more and put more regulations on them. And so unless you get more Republicans elected than Democrats so that you have the majority back, there's all going to be all kinds of radical liberal stuff that gets passed in the U.S. House of Representatives. Not only higher taxes will be passed, more regulations, but they will work on defunding police, which they have proven that they are doing in other cities. They want to release, they've already passed this, release people from prison uh, that could be dangerous people. 
They want to release everyone from ICE custody. In fact, they have already tried to defund the Department of Homeland Security, totally eliminate it, uh, and they protect our nation. The radical nature of my Democratic colleagues is growing. There are some rational, common sense, middle-of-the-road Democrats, but they are getting fewer and fewer. And we just found out in primaries that the AOC radicals are taking over and taking out incumbents on the Democrat side so that their side becomes more and more radical. And we can't let that happen. We need to take back the U.S. House of Representatives and have a Republican control so we can pass pro-life legislation, pro-religious freedom, pro-family values, pro-Second Amendment rights, and pro-growing jobs and less taxes. Because if we don't do it, the Democrats aren't going to do it. I can guarantee you that. What would happen if the Democrats got what they wanted and defunded national security and the police? This election is so important. It is the most important election in my entire lifetime. And the reason that I say that is because I work in the United States Congress and I see firsthand how a great majority of my Democratic colleagues have gone totally radical. I serve on the House Judiciary Committee. And in the House Judiciary Committee, the Congresswoman Jayapal, who represents the Seattle area where it was taken over, remember it was called the Chaz Zone or the Chop Zone, and all of these mob people took over part of the city. It was a cop-free zone. I brought up an amendment uh, in Judiciary Committee that said, well, you know, if a city is going to have a cop free autonomous zone and let people take over part of the city, they should not get federal law enforcement funds. And in response, Congresswoman Jayapal denied that there was any takeover in the city. She repeatedly said, there was no takeover. There was no takeover. The police precinct was not taken over. They're just peaceful protesters they read poetry. And for those of you that have watched the news, you know that's not true because there were shootings in that area. The police chief said they couldn't get in when there was rapes being done in that area. Two people got murdered. Two young people got murdered in the area. Yet you have a Democrat radical congresswoman that denies that it even has taken place. This is scary stuff when you have her and you have the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, who's a Democrat, denying that Antifa is even real. And for your listeners, the FBI and other federal agencies, law enforcement agencies, have identified to Congress members that Antifa is this radical mob-like group that is really involved in these riots and lootings and destroying of statues throughout the country. And when you have the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, the Democrats saying it's fantasy on the US House of Representatives, this is what we are up against. We have people denying reality. 
And this is scary. We cannot let the Democrats keep the control of the U.S. House of Representatives. We cannot let them take control of the U.S. Senate. And certainly, we cannot let Joe Biden be the president of the United States. Otherwise, all these crazy things that these radical Democrats are doing to defund the police, to defund our law enforcement, is going to be the law of the land. Naturally, I agree with you. But the truly scary thing in all of this is that the people have been so indoctrinated that they accept everything the liberals say at face value without researching to verify if it's true. And they seem almost eager for it. Well, you're right. And the very another very scary part is that People are being bullied. Conservatives are being bullied. And there's this whole cancel culture going on. So let's say you're an employee of a big company and you speak out and you're pro-Trump or you donate to President Trump or, or whatever. There's going to be liberals there that won't accept it. You know, like we conservatives, Republicans, we're like, okay, you disagree with me. I'm going to disagree with you, but I don't force you to be quiet or call you names. On the other hand, you have so many of these liberals that deny that things have happened. They just have a preset notion of what they believe in. And if some conservative like myself, a conservative Republican woman, says something different, they call me names. They tell me I'm stupid. I've had on the floor of the United States House of Representatives, a Democrat, while I was in the middle of a speech, call me wacko. I am not wacko, but what they're trying to do is bully us. They're trying to silence us. And if we speak out, they're going to try to get us fired. This is the tactic. And I will not let it happen to me. I am used to be calling names. I'm used to being called out nasty things, and I don't care. Because if the silent majority doesn't start speaking out and standing up for what they believe in, our whole country is going to go down the tube. I absolutely agree with you. Now, people need to learn that words only have power over you if you let them. Instead of being so thin-skinned that everything people say offends them. Well, you're absolutely right. However, there are liberals that, you know, control some of these tech companies um, and they try to fire people. Like if somebody just donates to a conservative cause, uh, all of a sudden all of these liberals come out of the woodwork and send emails and calls to the CEO of the company and get the person fired. This has happened before. And that's what some conservatives are scared about. They also call for boycotts, you know, against conservative causes. Or and, and so we have to fight back. We cannot let, they're bullies. That's all they are. They're bullies. And when they don't have an argument against what we say and what we believe in, they start calling us names. And, you know, who cares? Who cares? I'm going to keep speaking up for what I believe in. Let's give an example. Planned Parenthood. So I recently introduced a piece of legislation in the federal government that said Planned Parenthood has to give back the money 
they they got from the PPP federal loan program that's used for COVID. So this program that I supported would give money to small business owners that were struggling from getting shut down by the government due to COVID. And it was used to pay the small business workers or to help pay the small businesses rent. Well, Planned Parenthood's affiliates got $150 million in those loan monies and they weren't supposed to. The Small Business Administration told them to give the money back. The US Treasury has told the Planned Parenthood to give the money back, but they have not given the money back. So I introduced legislation that says, you have to give the money back because you weren't supposed to give it. Now, of course, this is another example of why we can't keep a Democrat majority in the U.S. House, because Nancy Pelosi loves Planned Parenthood. She's supported by Planned Parenthood. All of the Democrats are supported by Planned Parenthood in the abortion industry. And so they're not going to hear the bill. But this is the difference. There's so many clear differences between Republicans and Democrats that I hope that your listeners start understanding. Republicans, vast majority are pro-life. Right now in the U.S. House of Con um, Representatives, there is only one Democrat that votes pro-life with the Republicans. And they just took him out in a primary by somebody who is supported by Planned Parenthood. So now you have, after this election, it's like after the end of this year, you will go from one Democrat voting for pro-life to zero Democrats voting for pro-life. They totally support the abortion industry. They also totally support values that I think a lot of your listeners would not agree with. For instance, they already passed a bill through the U.S. House of Representatives that requires, requires schools to take in biological boys and have them compete in girls' sports. They already passed a bill that has passed the U.S. House of Representatives that would force domestic violence shelters to take in biological males who identify as women, even though they have all the biological male body parts and put them right in the same showers as biological women. And oh. if the domestic violence shelter doesn't do it, the federal law will come after them. The federal government will come after them. Now, thank God the Senate is still Republican controlled. So they stop the bills. But if the Democrats, keep the House of Representatives in control, if they take over the U.S. Senate in control, meaning there's more Democrats than um, Republican senators, and if Joe Biden wins, all of this stuff will become the law of the land. That is a scary thought. I mean, I used to work in ministry for a while, and now I work in education. I trained women, men, people who were being, you know, going through workforce rehabilitation. These were people who had fell down on their luck. Some of them were homeless. Some of them, as you said, were women who were uh, domestic violence victims. Some were, as sad as it is, veterans who got addicted to substances after the Vietnam War and ended up in trouble with the law because when they came back to California, 
and they had absolutely no support from the democratic leaders there. And I can tell you that that is a recipe for disaster. I've worked with people who are low income and come from all walks of life and go the type of people who would end up in a shelter. And I can tell you that that is a that is a recipe for disaster. You force men who have been on the streets, who identify as women into shelters, not only are you going to start losing shelters, because the Christian shelters that, well, any conservative shelter, but especially any Catholic or Christian shelters that shelter these women, are going to shut down. They're not going to comply with the order. It's going to happen just the same way that it happened when Obama was a president and his people were in Congress. They started shutting down adoption centers because the Christian adoption centers were forced to adopt, you know, give kids up to adoption to gay couples. So you're going to lose a lot of support for women of domestic violence in the community. The other thing that will happen, assuming they do comply, that these organizations would actually comply with the order, you're going to end up seeing a massive rise in sexual assaults. People who go in, come off the streets and are put in these shelters have absolutely no access to hormones. The last thing you want to do is put a transgendered person without hormone pills in a very stressful environment with a bunch of women. Yeah, this is, you know, since I'm on Judiciary Committee, th these topics go through Judiciary Committee. And there's only two Republican women on Judiciary Committee. And I am the only Republican woman on Judiciary Committee that will speak on this issue, speak out on this issue publicly. And I am very vocal about it and I get attacked about it. But I think it's very important because what's happening now in some Democrat controlled states is that teenagers, minors that say they identify as an opposite sex. So let's say it's a, uh, a guy who says, I feel like a woman over the parents objection. If they go to a doctor and say that the state law requires the doctor to give them hormone therapy if it's a girl that says, I identify as a guy in these Democrat controlled states, not all of them, but in some of these Democrat controlled states against what the parent wants. And this person is a minor. The child is they will do uh, mastectomies on the girls and start giving them testosterone against what the parents want. And if the parents speak out and don't go along with it, they will take the child away through Child Protective Services. This is how extreme some of my Democrat counterparts in Congress are because they are pushing this same stuff through the U.S. House Judiciary Committee and through the U.S. House of Representatives in legislation. And again, if they have control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, all this radical stuff and the things that most people would really not agree with are going to become law of the land 
and people won't be able to fight it. They'll be against the government who let's say their child at 13 years old, let's say it's a girl at 13 years old and she's confused. And all of a sudden she says, oh, I think I'm a man because her friends say, oh, you probably identify as a man because this is what's going on in some of the schools now. And the parents won't even have a say in it. They'll, their, their child will have to be given by force of the government hormones, maybe mastectomies. Uh, this is insanity. And that's why I speak out about it. Now, my Democratic count counterparts in the Congress, they out and out say terrible names about me right in committee, you know, but I don't care. I don't care because this is so important for the future of our country, for the future of our family system, everything that we believe in, we have to stand up to this stuff. And even though it's a difficult subject talking about, you know, gender identity, all this stuff the Democrats are pushing, it, it, it's really against what most Christians believe in. I would honestly say it goes deeper than just transgenders or uh, education or stuff with minors, because when you look at it across the board, the one thing that Democrats consistently push is control, government control of anything. They want to control whether you can say no to your children transitioning. Out here in Texas, a few months back, they try to push a law through the, uh, the state Senate that would basically force, you know, you know, the families of disabled children to force them to take their medication. Well, medication isn't like a one-size-fits-all thing. Just because you're popping pills and you're disabled, you know, you have bipolar disorder or you're a manic depressant or something like that, does not mean the medicine is going to work. You know, sometimes it takes a combination of medicine and therapy. Sometimes natural remedies are better. And here you have the Democrats trying to force parents to medicate their children with whatever the doctor says is okay, when the doctor might not know what the child needs. And you see this all the time. In uh, California, when I was out there, they were trying to, on college campuses, force children, not children, sorry, force students to use a person's specific pronouns. And they passed a whole bunch of hate speech regulations that were basically targeting Republican talking points so that you couldn't be openly Republican on college campuses. And that's what it comes down to. The whole ideology of the Democrats is about force and control. And what we stand for here in the Republican Party and the RNHA is freedom. Freedom may not always be pretty, you know, you may suffer, they may have setbacks, everyone may not get the same outcome for doing the same action, but at least you had a chance, at least you got to choose. And there's some sort of hope in that. The Democrats want everyone to be equal, and they're all equally controlled. Well, I would agree with you that the Democrat Party and Democrats really believe government is the answer to everything. And it really does not make sense to tell you the truth. Because first of all, you have the 
let's say the driver's license center, right? The motor vehicle department, you have this long line, you have to wait there. Everybody hates going to it. That's government run. Why would we want to run everything like that? And then you have the veteran administration medical centers where they had, you know, all these controversies, not well run, there's big controversies. Well, that's government run. Why would we want to have government run our lives? I believe, Republicans believe, President Trump believes in personal freedoms. That's what we built our country on, is personal freedoms, ingenuity, being able to work hard, rise up, you know, build your own business, make good money. The Democrats do not believe in that. They believe that, oh, if somebody um, doesn't make as much money as somebody else, even though one person worked hard and put in all their money, the person that didn't work hard should have the same things. They should have the same benefits. Well, that totally does not incentivize, it, it totally disincentivizes everyone from working hard. I always said this to my kids. This is my analogy. My kids would work hard. They'd get A's in school. Somebody else would goof around, another student would goof around, skip school, get an F, okay? The Democrats want all kids to get a C, no matter how much they work. So if they work really hard and they do all kinds of homework, they're gonna get a C. If they stay home, do nothing, go out, you know, partying, they're still gonna get a C. So what incentive is there left for the student to get an A when they know they're gonna get a C? And that's what the Democrats believe in. They want everyone to be the same. And that, that's really not what our country was built on. And I would also say it ignores personal choice. I know a lot of blue collar workers out here. None of them want to run a business. You know, you might have a few people who have mom and pop shots out here. There's a lot of craftsmen, a lot of people who just, they want to make enough to support their family and take vacation every once in a while. And that's it. But the Democrats through their own ideology say, well, just because one person's a billionaire, everyone should be a billionaire. And because everyone's not, you know, the system's corrupt. So we should tax everyone who's rich so the poor can have that money so everyone will be equal. But this ignores personal choice. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. For better or worse, people should have to live with their consequences of their actions. But it's also that incentive. Like when you take someone who's a blue collar worker and they work and they earn enough money to buy themselves a new car, that new car to them is more important than any award or scholarship or million dollar bonus an executive gets. Because to them that's something they earn. That's something they can hang their head on. And I can tell you, I worked with a lot of homeless people helping train them. There's not one homeless person who came in and was trained by me at my old job that ever said, Robert, I want to be rich. They all said, I, as a hard worker, 
circumstances happened. I want to be able to take care of myself. And I can tell you, when you actually see them go through the process to get back in the workforce, it changes them. You see broken men get their pride back. You see them fill full of life. Have you ever seen a child who did something they were really proud of and their face just lights up? It's the same with homeless people. It's the same with people who are on the streets, people who are down on their luck. None of them want to be rich. They want a job and to be able to take care of their families. And a lot of them work really, really hard to get it. And at the end of the day, Democrats don't see that. They don't see that you can be happy with less if that's what you want out of life. Well, and I think it's really clear that President Trump and the Republicans, when they were in majority, set up policy that really improved the economy so that everyone, it didn't matter what race they were, what sex they were, there was a huge boon in employment. Most people had jobs. People got paid more. People brought more money home because the taxes were lower, because that's what Republicans and President Trump believe in. And I'm telling you, if we put in Joe Biden, the opposite is going to take place. And, you know, President Trump was doing great. The Republicans were doing great. The economy was at record highs until the coronavirus hit. And then government shut down businesses, shut down the economy. And President Trump is the only candidate that can get it back to where it was. Joe Biden isn't going to do it. He's been trying to do this for, what, 47 years? It's not going to happen under him. So I encourage all your listeners to work hard, take this election seriously. It really is the most important election for the future of our nation. I would agree. And Robert, I think we're like at an hour and I kind of got to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, So we are at time. I was just about to say that myself. Good. I'm going to give you final thoughts and then please tell our listeners where they can contribute to your campaign and find you on social media. Thank you. Well, I want to say thank you to all of the people listening to this broadcast. This election is the most important election in my lifetime. There's a clear difference between Republicans and Democrats. Democrats refuse to condemn the rioting and looting and destruction of statues. President Trump and Republicans want to protect and support our law enforcement. Democrats want to defund the police, defund Department of Homeland Security. Republicans want to keep our communities safe. Democrats and Joe Biden have already said they want to undo the tax cuts that President Trump and the Republicans have done. That will destroy our economy. President Trump and the Republicans reduced taxes, reduced the burdensome government regulations on small businesses so that more people could get into small businesses, grow their business, 
and have more jobs. The Democrats, if elected, will undo all of that success. I would also say to your pro-life listeners that there is only one member in the U.S. House of Representatives that's a Democrat that currently votes pro-life, and he was taken out by a Planned Parenthood abortion industry supported candidate. So there will be none left. So if you are pro-life, there is only one clear choice, and that is to vote Republican and President Trump. Well, if people would have any type of money to support my campaign, I'd greatly appreciate it. I am a very outspoken conservative Republican woman that believes in personal freedoms, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-small business owner, pro-entrepreneur, pro-family values, but because I am one of only 13 Republican women in the entire House of the U.S. Representatives and because I vocally speak up for the conservative values that have made our nation great, I am targeted by the left and the liberals and the Democrats. So if you could chip in $5, $10, $20, whatever you can give, it all adds up. And you can donate to my campaign at DebbieLescoForCongress.com. That's Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, Lesko, L-E-S-K-O, for, F-O-R, Congress.com. Thank you and God bless you. Have a great day. That's a wrap, everyone. Stay tuned to RNHA News Radio. For more information coming to you straight from your representatives.